Let's, uh, yeah, have a word of prayer. Invite God to speak to us today by the power of his spirit who's with us. And that I'm um, just really praying that the eyes of our hearts would be open today to the truth that's in his word. And um, yeah, let's, let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you today for, um, yeah, just for your word, for the way that you speak to us through it. And um, just ask for your, yeah, your grace to be with us, that you would, um, yeah, really help us today to, to grab a hold of your truth and, and um, not just to know truth for the sake of knowledge, but to let it, uh, let it apply to our lives, Lord, that it would sink in deep into the rhythms of our life, the things that are going on, um, that your truth would go into our hurt and our pain and, um, and the busyness of our life as well, and that we would um, know what it is that you're trying to say to us and that we would... Um, you know, not feel um, any ounce of condemnation in that law, but we would feel um, grace and and um, the ability, the power to be renewed because of your, your spirit dwelling in us. And so, Lord, we really pray for that now um, for, for each one of us, that you would speak, that we would be ready to be transformed by the power of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... I want to start off um, sharing a little story just about the last week or so for, for me. Um, I've been going on a, or it's been a big part of my journey in recent years to um, take responsibility for uh, my time and for the way that I manage my life and the way that I make room for God in my life and also the way that I'm not um, too busy as well. And in just I was reminded how easily just just a week ago, actually last weekend on our vision dinner weekend, I was reminded how easy it is for me to just um, you know just just forget the importance of uh, God. I you know I, I need to make sure that I don't put too much on my plate at any one time. You know, and I've been as I've said hello to everyone today. Just about every person has said, "Oh man, I've been so busy." Just been doing this, doing that, and um, and I'm like, yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> it's like been part of my the, the last fortnight for me. You know, we had youth Friday night, men's brekkie Saturday morning, vision dinner Saturday night, church Sunday. Um, Jade went out to a baby shower on Saturday afternoon, and it was just like a busy time. And I was just thinking that that whole week leading up to um, that weekend. Normally, if it was a weekend like that and I had things to prepare for, I'd go, okay, I'm going to scale it back during the week, just get what I need to get done, you know, don't plan too much meetings and this sort of thing. And yet it was just, I wasn't diligent and I just, yes, we can meet, we can talk and all of those things are good and important and I was glad to do that. But I just wasn't um, making time to be with God for the amount of time I was going to be doing things for God. Right? And that's a classic thing we've been looking at a lot since I've got here. Um, you know, we've been, the board has been looking at it in Peter Scazzaro's books on being emotionally healthy. It's just that our being with God needs to be the, the thing that we pour out of into our doing for God. Now, activity, just general activity, you know, it doesn't even have to be service or ministry or whatever, but just leading your family, just going to work, um, you know, facing the challenges and ups and downs of every day. And so um, this, it's just so interesting that it comes up in my preparation for this week's message. 
coming into a week where just this last week, or I should say after last weekend, I was like, this week is going to be different, man. I'm going to make sure I, you know, do the right thing. I'm diligent with my time and I don't plan too much and, um, you know, I'll be well prepared and such. And so that's a real, it was just a good reminder for me, but then it came up as I'm preparing for this Sunday. What am I going to preach on, Lord? Open up Ecclesiastes chapter 4 which is where we're going to be for a little bit of today. At least we're going to springboard out of there. And um, yeah, the the verse in there talked about this same thing, talked about that balance between work and rest. And um, it's a great verse. I'm going to share it in a moment, but you'll also know that this theme seems to keep reoccurring. And maybe, uh, I'm thinking, maybe it is just that it's been a part of my journey and I'm sensitive to it. But also maybe um, God's trying to tell us something about our lives and it's not just my hobby horse that I, that I feel like we should uh, take a hold of. Um, you'll know that my first message when, when I got here, start of last year, was slow down, look to Jesus. You know, this is what God wants for us. Then COVID happened and some of us had no choice. Others of us got busier during COVID and, you know, all the things that life threw, threw at us unexpectedly. But this is probably the fourth or fifth time that I've brought up this topic again about rest or Sabbath or balancing work and life. And I feel like God is trying to tell me something and trying to tell us something about, man, is it, is it possible? You know what I mean? Is it possible that we can do this life in such a way that we have time to be with God? You know, and out of that, we actually... Um, uh, uh, energized, um, we are able to work well in our life, you know, and um, and I think that it should be possible. The Bible tells us that that's what God designed our life to be like, and so um, I guess it's a really challenging thing for me because um, there's so many things I want to be a part of, so many things I want to do. Um, so many things I'm sure that you feel you have to do and you have to get done, but I think whatever exceeds, um, you know, our capacity, whatever pushes out time with God in our life is probably not what God wants us to do in our life, you know, just as a way of, this is kind of the thing we need to pair back to, to the point where we're making consistent rhythms of connecting with God in our life, yeah? And until we get there, it's kind of like, God's not asking us to do anything else other than that, yeah? So this is just by way of introducing, um, yeah, this verse out of Ecclesiastes 4. And it start, we'll, we'll look at verses 5 and 6, actually. It says this, Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. Right, that's verse 5. Verse 6 says, Better one handful with tranquility, then two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. I'm going to read it in a few different versions for us because I love to do that, as you're probably aware by now. The Amplified Version says, The fool folds his hands together and consumes his own flesh, destroying himself by idleness and apathy. One hand full of rest and patience is better than two fists full of labour and chasing after the wind. So we're starting to see the wise teacher of Ecclesiastes, he's drawing a comparison. There's people who are lazy and do nothing and end up ruining their lives. 
Fair enough. The other end of this is you can have two hands full of busyness and toil and craziness and chasing after the wind, which is that idea of hevel, that Hebrew word, meaninglessness. You know, it, it, you're just doing so much that everything loses meaning, you know. Um, and then there's somewhere in between where you just have enough, you got one handful, and you actually have time for peace and rest. And so... This is, this is kind of, I think, where God wants us to land in our lives as a foundational principle for, for growing as a Christian, as a healthy place. The message says the fool sits back and takes it easy. His sloth is slow suicide. You can't say that too quickly, too many times. One handful of peaceful repose is better than two fistfuls of worried work, more spitting into the wind. I'll read the last, last one here I want to look at is the Good News translation. They say that we would be fools to fold our hands and let ourselves starve to death. Maybe so, but it is better to have only a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. So fools fold their hands and it leads to their ruin um, but it's better to have one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. He's bringing up a significant observation that he's made as he's looked in wisdom upon the earth and all around him and he's going, hey, I'm, I'm noticing something here. And you can imagine him sitting around with his students, he, he being the wise teacher and his students sitting there. And he says, you know, this conversation goes on. Guys, something you need to know. We've got to be sure we're not just busying ourselves with heaps of meaningless work. And then the students reply, you know, knowing that he's talked about Hevel and all this before. Yes, but if we're idle and we don't work hard, we fear we might not survive, which was probably a very real consequence in ancient times. We might die because we weren't busy enough with our work. And if we don't die from laziness, we at least won't be able to have what other people have. You know, there's that that. Some of this was an envying for more of what others have, which is what makes them want to hustle and work really hard. That won't be cool if we don't have what we want. And the teacher says, yes, I know, guys, I've heard the proverb, fools fold their hands and ruin themselves, but there is something else you should know. There can be a negative side to becoming really busy with your work, and you may not have thought about this. He says, rather than being so busy with work and compulsively trying to keep up with the Joneses, working out of a place of envy and endless desire for more and a desire to maybe fulfil some need that you have to look productive, you know, hashtag get after it, hashtag sleep when you're dead. You know, you've seen these things. Some of our young people may have seen these things. It's actually better that while you should do enough work, you still need to find time for rest and for being with God, right? This is what he's bringing up, Okay. And the students might say, you're saying work is a bad thing, that we should just sort of like quit our jobs and become monks. No, work is not bad. We're designed for work. Work is good. There's lots of meaningful stuff to do with work and we should apply ourselves to all sorts of endeavours. But God's wisdom says that if you don't first make time for rest, if you never make time to enjoy peace, you know, that idea of where the message said peaceful repose and repose was like, um, you know, it, it it's, it can be a noun but also a verb, like you, you, you place yourself. That, um, the diamond was reposed in the, in, um, I'm, hope, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, the diamond is reposed in the museum, you know, it's got its place. And so 
What he's saying is peaceful repose is that idea that we have our place in peace and we work from that place, that peace of God that we can find in our life, being fueled up by our creator, you know, so that we can go on and do what he asks of us to do, so that we can face what we may unexpectedly face every day. Um, If we don't do this, I think this is why work can seem a bit meaningless sometimes because when we've spent time with God enough and we're flowing into work out of that place of, um, you know, peace with God, then he, he might tell you something about your workplace. You know, he might give you a little mission to accomplish, you know, with your relationship with your friend at work or it might be, hey, I want you to buy a coffee for this person that you walk past every day. Or, you know, have a conversation about this. Invite that person to lunch. You know, these sorts of things can happen in our workplaces or at uni or wherever we are. And um, we might be missing those things. We might be missing some of the meaning as to why God's got us there if we aren't um, taking time to listen and to be planted. And so we're going to go through a couple of uh, different verses just, uh, just outside of Ecclesiastes and we're sort of springboarding into them. The next one is Psalm chapter 1 and many of us will know it. First three verses there, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So we're getting a picture of that person who's saying, yeah, God's word, you know, resting in him, being planted close to him in my life, that's the first most important thing. And out of that place, I can be healthy. Out of that place, I'm going to be fruitful. Out of that place, I'm not going to feel withered by my work, you know, and... And we all know what it looks like. I've planted plenty of trees that have just died because I didn't keep the water up. You know, they weren't healthy. They didn't produce any fruit. I'm sure some of us may have done that as well, um, if there's any poor gardeners here, you know. And um, there's a few giggles there. That's good. And um, I think uh, this is what um, the, the teacher in Ecclesiastes is getting at. He's saying, hey, guys, Plant yourself close to God, first and foremost. This is the place where you start to be healthy. This is the place where you find meaning to your life in a new way, to your work in a new way. The other words that were in there was day and night, right? Day and night is meditating on God's word. And it's that, I'm not saying we need to read the Bible morning and night. (laughs) You know, that's probably great if you can do that. But um, it's that idea of a consistent rhythm, you know what I mean? Something that will come every time it comes, you know what I mean? And it will and it'll be part of your life in a consistent way. You know, this is why we're told, um, you know, about the Sabbath that happens every week, you know? It's like one day's rest in seven because we need that stop. We need that moment where we go, hold on, we're, we're back at church again. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, that's right. These people are here to support me. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're on a mission together, you know, and it's like that grounding and that planting back next to the stream, yeah? And so when we, when we do this um, daily routine of connecting with Jesus, if we can, you know, it's, it's, it's so good if we can. 
This is why Jesus included, um, you know, into the model prayer, give us today our daily bread. It's like you need it every day. It's only enough for today. And it's, and it's that reminder that this is a rhythm I need, you know. And, and as well, what I was talking about before, when you're facing your work, you know, or facing looking after your children today or however, however it be for you, whatever you're facing each day, that time you spend, it's like eating breakfast and getting energy for the day ahead, you know, and there might be something God wants to tell you about your day ahead and he might want to prepare you for it or he might want to give you something that will sustain you, a promise or a truth to hold on to today that will get you through the day. And so the question we're asking when we come to the word is, Lord, what do I need for today? You know, looking through... Um, just reading a passage or a chapter or a couple of verses, even the verse of the day in the U version app. Does anyone do that? I do that a lot. It's a great thing just, just if you just go, oh, yeah, that, that's good. I can read that, take that on board. Thank you, Lord. You know, write it down, something like that. It's important for us. I think this is one of the key ways that Jesus wants to speak to us. You know, if you're wondering, man, I don't know what God's doing in my life at the moment. <laughs> I don't know where he is. I don't know what the purpose is to this point in my life. You know, are we reading the word? Are we taking the time out to listen? Are we planning ourselves close to him? I think we'll find a lot out of that. Um, Just not sure whether I should go ahead with that passage that I was going to share. We might finish off with um, John 15. If you've got your Bibles there and want to go to it, we're going to read a few verses out of that. And then I've got a couple of practical things for us that I really love for us to take a hold of um, and also a commitment that we can make too. So John 15, these are the words of Jesus And he has an invitation for us, right? He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And before we go on from that idea of pruning, we often think of it as like pruning the sin in our life, you know, so that he cuts off the dead parts so that we can become more like him. That's great. But today we're thinking of pruning the, t- the stuff that's just like the, the extra stuff that we do in our life, the too much stuff, you know, this is just not, this is the stuff that's pushing us out of spending time with God and being fruitful in our life. So let's think about what might God want to prune out of our life that we, that we might have a moment to just catch a breath and say, yep, this, this is, this is going to allow me to create a rhythm where I can spend time with God. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. Right? If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And I think that last verse there, showing yourselves to be my disciples, is like the, 
This is like um, what we were created to do, showing ourselves to be apprentices to Jesus. That you might be a carpenter, you might be a nurse, you might be, um, you know, doing all sorts of different work, you might be retired, you might be, you know, looking after kids or whatever it is. But this is, this is our work. This is what we're created to do, showing ourselves to be apprentices to Jesus. And this is how we do it. It means remaining in Jesus, connecting with him, having that rhythm in our life. And so this is a bit of a, um, bit of a challenge for us. Um, and I've got a couple of ideas that we can do. So... I only started a Bible reading plan when I, when I started pastoring at Gainder. Before that, I'd never had a Bible reading plan in my life, which is pretty funny. I thought, gee, I'm leading a church now. I should probably start systematically reading the Bible. It would be a good thing rather than just opening up to wherever I want. And it was the best thing I did. I came up with my own Bible reading plan because I didn't find any that I liked. And so I do a two-year reading plan. Old Testament takes me two years to get through because I like to read at a slow pace and I take weekends off, you know. And then the New Testament I read every year, okay. So it's three chapters a day, Monday through Friday, and that system works really well for me. And I think I'm on to my third round through it, right. So it's great. I love it. Best thing I ever did. And I'll, you, I could show you the little printout that I have. It's my bookmark in my Bible. Um, you'll see there's weeks that go by where... I've just done one reading for the week. But when I make that time, I just read whatever is on that day. I don't try and catch up. I don't feel guilty about missing a few days here and there. I don't feel guilty about two weeks off over Christmas or whatever it is. But when I get back into it, I, um, I just pick up wherever it is today and I go for there. So that's the first thing. Very practical. Find yourself a Bible reading plan if you don't have one. You know, And if you're wondering, gee, I'd, uh, you know, I haven't been able to find one that I like or, you know, whatever it is, having a plan is better than no plan, right? Because I've read the Bible more than ever before since getting a plan, <laughs> okay? So this is the first thing, very important. Let's read the Bible as just the base level. You know, I was talking about day one, apprenticeship to Jesus, follow him, read the word, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that's, we can all agree on that one. Second thing is um, when you read the Word, uh, let's try and do more than just read it and move on and go, whew, glad we're done with that bit. You know, it's not just to tick the box, but it's, um, you know, think of a way that you can let that Word sink in. You know, you might not be up for three chapters. You might be like, I'm going to read until something stands out, whatever it is. I'm a big fan of underlining scribbling everywhere, all in my Bible, highlighter, all of that. You go for that if you're up for that. Draw pictures. Um, You know, some of our younger people might be really into that too. Decorate your Bible if you have to. Draw a picture of what God told you about. Have a journal that you write in, okay? And I've got a few journals here that I saw in my office. Must be just left over from times past. But these are soap journals. Has anyone heard of a soap devotion? Anyone, a few of us have, we teach it to our kids at, at camp, at high school camp. Scripture, observation, application, prayer, okay? And so what you do is you get your Bible reading plan. I'm going to go plant myself by the streams of water and you, and you read the passage for today and you just go, 
hey, there's the verse. That's the one that stood out to me. Um, and you write out that verse. You know, it might be a couple of verses, whatever it is, but you find a verse. And even if you think, oh, I don't even know what God's saying, you just choose one, you write it out. <laughs> you know, it's that discipline of being able to do that. And then observation. What is God saying to me up through this verse that I've chosen? What does it mean? What do I think he, what do I think he means? And trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to, you know, open the eyes of your heart to see the truth in his word. You know, we can actually do that. You're allowed to do that. You don't have to wait for me to tell you what the Bible's saying, okay? And so observation, then application. Okay, if this is the verse I've got and this is what I think God's saying to me, what does that mean for my life right now? What does it mean for my relationships? What does it mean for my work? Um, what does it mean for family, marriage? You know, you, you name it, it's there. And then finally, just write out a prayer. Lord, help me to apply this truth or this verse or this challenge or whatever it is. Thank you for encouraging me today, God. I needed that to get me through or however it is. The third thing is don't worry about setting your alarm early if you're not an early bird. You know, do it before you go to bed at night. You know, do it once the kids are in bed, whatever it is. There's just, I guess I'm just trying to say you can do this. It is possible to create this rhythm in your life. And it's just a very simple day one apprenticeship to Jesus. Let's read the word together, you know. That's, a, that's I guess, a way of um, making application from the word today. I'm going to pray in a second. But while I'm praying, the other way you could make application is you might just be feeling like, man, I am so run down. I just don't even feel like I'm close to the water, you know, to the stream. That I don't feel healthy. I don't feel fruitful. I feel like I've just got two handfuls of, of toilsome labour and chasing after the wind. And if that's you, today is an opportunity to say, God, just show me the first thing that I need to prune back. You know, that might be um, something that you need to ask as we pray. If you want prayer or you want help or anything like that, happy to pray for you as well. Um, You know, after the service, that's fine. So let's pray together. But they're the two ways to apply um, for, for today's message. So let's do that. Lord, thank you for your word and the way that it is, um, yeah, just so life-giving, you know. It's uh, helpful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, um, training in righteousness. We want to, you know, you've signed us up to become apprentices to you, Lord, to become people who have become like their master, and that requires time with you. And, um, Lord, while it feels like time is the last thing that, that we have, I pray that today we'd be able to say, you know what, this is too important. You know, if I am who, um, you know, I'm confessing to be, if I am an apprentice to Jesus, then I ought to start making this a priority in my life. And I, and I ought to plant myself by the stream that's going to give me life, that's not going to make me feel withered and dry. And I'm going to ask the tough questions of myself and I'm going to make this commitment and I'm going to do my journaling. And Lord, I just ask that um, you would give us the courage to make that step, that you give us the courage to, um, you know, enter into that rhythm of Sabbath, coming to church and joining together in this journey that we're on to become like you, to reach our community for you. Um, Lord, just... Right at the start, it's a good thing, good thing for us. And so help us to slow down. Help us to prune our lives back. You know, search our hearts, God. Show us the thing that we need to, need to um, cut out. We ask this in your precious name.
Amen.